When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Droz. Adaptation is always the name of the game when it comes to making art or teaching art, and I do both. So I'm going to be doing some adaptation in the second installment of the Art Sound Off series for 2023. And the adaptation I'm going to make is that I'm going to start modeling the thinking that goes into these reflections. Because if the premise is, in this year, I'm uh, recording Art Sound Offs alongside of my students who are invited to play along over the month of November, um, I think my entries should do a little bit of that instruction to help scaffold them as they're trying to figure out how to do this thing. Like, how do you record five minutes of your thoughts around a prompt? And today's prompt is notebooks. So as I think about this, I'm like, okay, well, notebooks, talking about them can mean a lot of things. I can talk about what kinds I like. I can talk about what kind of uses I find for them. I can talk about ways in which I haven't found them useful. So there's like three frames right there that I can start going at this thing, right? Just start asking some how and why questions. And you'll usually get something useful out of that, something that's at least useful for you to, to begin articulating these ideas. So let's start with the, the, note, the kinds of notebooks I like. I, I tend to use mostly two kinds. And one is the thin paperback moleskins. They're usually like, what, like 80 to 100 pages, something like that. Um, but every once in a while, I'll get as a gift from a friend or a loved one, one of the hardback moleskins, which are a little bit thicker. They're like 200, maybe 300 pages, something like that. Um, I prefer the thin paperback moleskins because, um, you know, one, I think they make me feel like the it's less of a precious object. I don't feel uh, the desire to make the the sketchbook into something that you could print is a handsome volume of like look at what what a you know a brilliant output this artist had. I I like to think about what my friend Brandon Dayton said years ago when he uh, launched this thing called Sketchbook Summer is that your sketchbook's where you should be failing. And I treat my sketchbook as a, a dumping ground for not only just like like visual ideas, but also like, you know, barfing out what I think I want to do in future stories. There's, there's some really, um, I don't know, like catastrophic lines and thoughts in my sketchbooks. And having it be like a cheap little paperback helps keep me in that mode of like, yeah, this is the place to like, like make a mess. Um, they're also just light. My, my bags, uh, my shoulder bags tend to get quite heavy with all the stuff that I lug around. And so anything I can do to lighten the load is good. Um, the other kind of notebook I use is a graph composition book because, um, yeah, I, I talked about this in the Lena cast. Um, this, you know, the emergent task planner or my day planner. Um, I have a whole system I worked out in there and, and yeah, I can link to the Liam Tart cast where I talked a lot about that, but those are the two notebooks I carry around. And my final thought on this is that this kind of like builds on something I was saying with regard to wanting my, my sketchbooks and my notebooks to be like this place where a, cat, a catastrophe of lines and thoughts happen is that something that language that emerged in class recently 
and I said this half facetiously, but like perfectionism is for hobbyists and um, sitting with ambiguity is the mark of a professional. And I think that, that, that there is some truth in this idea that a lot of the job, the, a lot of the invisible part of the job of being a teaching artist and a cartoonist is sitting with a lot of discomfort when the ideas are half formed and half thought through or sitting in the ambiguity of walking into a room with a lesson plan and you ha you think you're going to be doing this, but then the, the character and the uh, needs of the room tell you, no, 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 we're doing something else. And being able to move spontaneously in that space, I think, is part of the fun of the job. And I also think it's the mark of a good teacher. And I think it's the mark of a good artist is to say, oh, I thought it was going to be this, but it wants to be that. Like the, the image I always use is like throwing the lesson plan over my shoulder and throwing the old ideas over my shoulder saying, yep, the book wants to be this now. Okay, that's what we're doing. So there's like a little bit of the philosophical why and how of, of notebooks for me. So thank you for listening. This is part of the Art Sound Off series, artsoundoff.com. There's also a link in the post of this episode if you want to throw any other prompts or questions or wonderings at me. I can try to fit them into these five-minute reflections. So I'll be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. And until then, remember, everybody. Being the most powerful man in the universe isn't all that makes He-Man such a great hero. Being strong is fine. But there's something even better. In today's story, He-Man used something even more powerful than his muscles to beat Skeletor. You know what it was? If you said his brain, you were right. And just like a muscle, your brain is something you can develop to give yourself great power.